the, the, the games are over, but the game never stops. Never stops. This is College Football Overtime with Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. Let's move into the Sugar Bowl, uh, our last game to discuss. Uh, in this one, like I mentioned before, tight, tight margins. And the margin here, a meager three and a half points. It was at 1.4 and a half. I think it went up to five, and now it's back down to three and a half. Texas favored over the Washington Huskies. Kalen DeBoer, of course, won Coach of the Year in his second season. He's looking to beat Texas for the second year in a row. They won the Alamo Bowl last year, 27 to 20. And this year, it's been lots of clutch for Michael Penix. They haven't won a game by more than 10 points since September 23rd. It's been a long time. And I've said it on this podcast. I said it on College Football Game Time on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. A lot of people call that a weakness. They say it's a bad thing. I say it's a strength. Because this is a team that knows how to win. They know how to win in the clutch. And they've done it all season. And I I don't know why it would stop in a game like this. They have dominated these one-score games. And Quinn Ewers and company, they're playing some of their best football, on the other hand. Like, this is a group that Steve, Steve Sarkeesian had a masterful coaching job. He lost his starting quarterback for two and a half weeks. And then his star running back tears his ACL. Now they've scored their, in the last two games. They're outscoring their opponents a combined 106 to 28. And on top of that, you go just beyond the quarterbacks. Like we look at these guys; these are two of the best skill rooms in America. Washington, you had Dylan Johnson, Roman Dunes, uh, Jalen Polk, uh, uh, Jalen McMillan, uh, Texas C.J. Baxter, Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell. You got dogs, and I think this is going to be a fun football game. I am really, really excited just to watch this t- this game that just unfold because of all of that star power. And I think we got two great coaches looking to prove themselves on the game's biggest stage. Look, I may be wrong about how I feel about the Rose Bowl, but I feel like I have a read on it at least. This one's really difficult to get a read on. And that's what makes it so interesting to me. I I, I think the first thing I'm looking for is, is the Texas defensive line versus the Texas secondary, right? Like, like like Washington and their big playability, if they give Penix time, if Texas's D-line can't get to the quarterback, and you've been spotlighting this all season long, Texas gives up big plays. They give up explosives. What has Washington been so great at? Big plays and explosives. And, and it's just this weird concoction of they have one of the best defensive fronts, one of the best pass rushes in the country. But if they don't get there, they're in a lot of freaking trouble. And Washington is a team that can really take advantage of that. They got Roma Dunze. They got Jalen McMillan. They got Michael Penix on the other end delivering it. You mentioned Dylan Johnson out of the backfield. But can they hold up under the pressure of the Texas front Mm -hmm. to give that unit time? I think it's the biggest difference maker in this game. I think we've seen Washington as much as anyone in the country be a big play offense, be an explosive offense. It's the reason Michael Penix was number two in the Heisman. And it's just one of these things like we've also heard about Texas and that front and what they can do to you. And so that's the biggest focus on this game. That to me is where this game is won and lost, but that's not the only thing because as you mentioned recently, Texas has hit in their fair share of big plays as well. Mm-hmm. We've seen Washington specifically against Oregon give up their play uh, a fair share of big plays. And so I think it could go back and forth. 
I, I, I look, I do say this. If Washington's offensive line can't hold up under the pressure of the Texas front, I think they're in real trouble. Um, but if they can, I think we're in for an absolute shootout. I, I, I really like Quinn Ewers, and I really like what they've been able to do in recent weeks. And I think there's been this big key that you mentioned. Jonathan Brooks goes down towards the end of the season, and you start to question what's the run game like. It's actually been okay. Yeah, it, It's actually sustained. I think it's going to need to be in that realm again This the, the uh, uh to win this game. I, I don't think Texas wants Quinn Ewers dropping back 40 times here. Uh, Cause Washington can get after the passer a little bit as well. Uh, and Quinn Ewers is not, uh, you know, one of the keys for Oregon keeping pace and being competitive with Washington uh, was the fact that Bo Nix uses his legs. Quinn Ewers can run a little bit, but I wouldn't say he's as dynamic as a runner as Bo Nix is. And so he's going to try and beat you with his arm a little bit more necessarily than Bo Nix has, and also deeper than Bo Nix. A lot of those intermediate short passes in space, that's not what Texas does. They get behind you, and uh, we've seen some play from Washington on the back end uh, that has been stellar. And mm-hmm. so that that's another thing. I don't know who has a coaching uh, advantage. Um, you Even mentioned Michael Penix. I don't know who has a quarterback advantage a in this game. Um, there's so many question marks that I have, um, but it all goes back to my original point. And that is, is Washington, are they folding under the pressure? Is Penix getting hit or is he standing back there and delivering? Because if they can protect him, I just think they're going to score a lot. I I think Texas's back end is so damaged. Um, and has been all season long that if Washington holds up along the front, I don't know how they don't score 40 in this game. And it would be a very tall task, in my opinion, for Texas to keep up. But if it's the other way, if they can hit panics, if they can maybe force a fumble or a, a bad inter- if they can make some game-changing plays with that rush, mm-hmm. uh, it might swing back in Texas's favor. That, that's why this one is so difficult for me to really break down. I, I think that's what I've settled on as like the key or the focus but I, I don't know who has the advantage. I don't know which way it's actually going to go when these teams step on the field. And that's why I'm so darn excited. I love it. I love, I'm so excited. And, and you mentioned it earlier, like this is the best field of four team playoffs that we've had. The difference being any of these four teams could win it. We have not mm-hmm. had a, a four teams where any of these four teams could win it. Texas could absolutely go in and win this game. They've already beaten Alabama once this season. Who knows what would happen if there were a rematch or if um, it would be against Michigan. Same thing for Washington. Uh, I mean, look, uh, there are a lot of people who thought Oregon was the best team in the country, even despite that loss, right? Uh, They were playing that well. And what did Washington do? Just go beat them again. And and so uh, they're playing well. They've got the zero next to their name uh, in in regards to the loss column, obviously, it's two next to their name in terms of the rankings. But, um, yeah, it, it's a wild matchup that could go any which way. I'm super excited for it. I wish it were a little bit earlier because I'm getting old and I get tired. But uh, this game's got me so amped up, man. It ain't going to be a problem staying up for that one. I promise you that. Yeah, I, I just know it's what Phoenix energy is going to be on the field. <laughs> Over his first six games in 2023, the dude – and that culminated with the, the 36-33 win against Oregon – he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He was the best quarterback in the country, I will say. He was 
basically producing Joe Burrow numbers. And from there, it just was all regression. He went from 10.3 yards per drop back to uh, 7.3 over his next seven games. And his completion rate fell from 72% to 61%. His interception rate went up. His sack rate went up. Now, of course, Jalen McMillan's back. I think he's going to make a big impact in this game. And I think you nailed it. I think that's a big deal. I mean, if he can come out and be the Michael Penix of the first six games, then I think that we, we're going to have a shootout, man. Uh, this is going to be a, a, a brilliant and, football and, game. And let me step in real quick because I, I know we've kind of loosely talked about this. I, I, yeah. I, I, I think Michael Penix had been hurt. And I think, I think he was banged up. And I think he's going to have some time to get healthy. And, and I, I think exactly, nobody I think needed it more than Michael yeah, Penix. Exactly. I, I think these three weeks did, did a very good – uh, came out at the right time, I guess, for, for Penix. I, I do expect him yep. to look a little bit fresher than he had. And I do think some of those limitations that you just ran down statistically may have been because physically he just he either had to get rid of the ball quicker, he couldn't take a hit, mm-hmm. or couldn't quite move out the pocket. To say, whatever it was, uh, I, I think it, he's probably as healthy as he's been since, as you mentioned, that Oregon game. And, and I think that could play its role as well. Yeah, and I think they were able to lean on the rushing attack. Dylan Johnson's been... Fantastic on the ground, 1,300 yards this year, or 1,200 yards about, give or take, uh, and 14 touchdowns. He logged at least 16 carries in each of Washington's last six games, which kind of lends itself to what you're saying. Maybe Michael Penix was a bit banged up. He had 28 carries for 152 yards, two touchdowns in that Pac-12 championship game. And one of the most interesting matchups there, like you talked about, is that front seven for Texas. They have all Americans on that defensive line. Uh, Devondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, those are beasts on that defensive line. They allow 80 yards per game, two and a half yards per carry. They're top five in the country in those marks. And I think if Washington really wants to take some pressure off, you do that by running the ball effectively. Dylan Johnson is a major key in this football game. But then I'm going to give you one guy, a major key on the Texas side as well. Dady Mitchell, baby. Big game Mitchell. This is a guy who, who had, let's see, he had a, a, he won two national championships at Georgia. Uh, and that's huge experience for a, pl- a program that's never played in a college football playoff. He had four touchdowns as a freshman. All four of them came in the college football playoff. In 2021, he had two in the college football. Like, like the dude is a beast in these, torts and these sorts of games. And then you add in the fact that Xavier Worthy got a little banged up in the Big 12 title game. It makes A.D. Mitchell... His presence on this football field is going to be paramount. And then the last thing I'm going to say about Texas, you talked about the big mismatch that Washington could potentially have. And, and if Washington can hit them deep, then that's a big deal. One thing I'm going to say as well, can Texas finish drives in the red zone? They are elite 20 to 20, the 20 between the twenties are really good. And they score a lot of points too. They score them on explosive plays down the field to AD Mitchell and Xavier Worthy and CJ Baxter in the backfield. They could do all that. But when they get into the red zone, they're 120th in FBS. They score touchdowns on only 49% of their red zone drives. That is not going to get it done when you're going up against an offense that features Dylan Johnson, Roma Dunze, uh, Jalen Polk, and Jalen McMillan, and Michael Penix. You're not going to get that done. You need to finish drives. Points are going to be paramount. You've got to be able to score, and you've got to get seven. You're not going to have to settle for three if you want to win this football game. Just something else to note, and I think it's worth bringing up. If something were to happen to Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy is not available in this game. Yes, good uh, point. 
that would be Arch Manning. Um, now, on the flip side, uh, we you know we we just talked about that Texas front. If they're able to get to Michael Penix, you're you're looking at Dylan Morris, who threw 14 passes all season long. So um, for for either team, they they need to keep those guys upright. I, I think uh, yeah. it, you know they're so pass oriented, they're so big play oriented out out of the quarterback position. Um, they they've got to protect those guys. Those guys have got to stay in the game. Uh, and let's continue on that A.D. Mitchell comment that you had. Uh, in some of the biggest games for Texas this year, he, he's been outstanding. He went for 141 in a win, uh, blowout win over a ranked Kansas team. He went for 149 in that overtime win over that Kansas State team uh, yeah. where the ball was tipped. And then obviously in the Big 12 title game, he went for 109 uh, as well. So he has – Big game Mitchell, baby showed up in big games exactly right what it does man and i'm excited to see this game this is this is one of the most fascinating games the three and a half line over texas over washington is i think a little large uh but at the same time i think this makes for this is a really fascinating college football playoff it is the culminating 14 playoff field and i think this is the exact type of game that fans deserved. And I think one, one more, I, one more thought on this is, is, and I just, you kind of try and gauge whatever you want, but this mm -hmm. game is the sugar bowl. It is in new Orleans. And so I am interested to see the Washington contingent versus the Texas contingent. Uh, anytime you're talking about a fan base that can drive versus a fan base that has to fly. Um, and look, we'll these, these sorts of games, normally aren't overly one-sided, but I am interested just to see if you get a feel one way or the other um, from the crowd. I, I was actually met a Washington fan on the cruise, and she she came up to me the last day of the cruise and told me she had just booked a flight to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl. All right. She was going to pick up a ticket. Well, because she heard me talking. I, I said a lot of the same stuff I told you. I was like, there's a lot of reasons Washington to win this game, and it, it, here's the reason why. If they protect the quarterback, blah, 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 Texas, they give up big plays, blah, blah, The same stuff I just told you. And I think I got her excited. Now I think I talked her into going. So It's going to be an awesome uh, football game, man. I, I, yeah, man. It's, 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 I think you this picked is, Washington to win this game, right? I think so. Texas? I don't know. I'm going to pick point Texas. Is, go so my way. point is you could pick Michigan. You could pick Alabama. You could pick Texas. You could pick Washington. I, you could pick anybody you want to pick. I think that no matter who you pick, it's a good pick because any of these four teams can win a national championship. I did any pick one of these four teams, Any one of these four teams can win this, this game and then go play in the national championship game. Any combination is an interesting one, and I think no matter who plays, no matter what happens, there are going to be some interesting storylines. I'm really excited for it.